Hello, hello, and welcome to The Divide, episode 14, I believe, already. Uh, I'm here uh, with my good friends, Dr. John Wordsworth, over in Sweden. Yo, 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 how's it going? Yeah, all right, thank you. And, um, and uh, of course, Mr. Benjamin Dodson, over in somewhere in the north of England. Yeah. North not really the north of England, is it? It's, it's in the middle. It is. It's, it's above the M25, so it's <laughs> far too far north for me. Oh, okay. And how are you today, Ben? I am not dying, so that's an improvement on last week. That is very good. I'm glad that you're not dying. Um, although I suppose John and I could probably continue the podcast if you were dead. So <laughs> it, it is in my will that you can't, but. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, our heart goes out to you, Ben. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah the, we'll have it on your tombstone. It's like he will be missed, but at least the podcast can continue. <laughs> uh, and I am uh, Christopher Ford, as always. Um, we're here this week to chat about, or well, predominantly, Apple's uh, WWDC uh, keynote conference, uh, which took place, keynote conference, it was keynote presentation at the conference, I think is probably a better way of putting it, which took place as we record uh, last night, and as this episode goes out, hopefully two days ago, and uh, for those of you listening several months down the line, um, it's pretty old news, but you're probably going to love all the jokes, I would have thought, so, <laughs> yeah. Um, now, before we get into the meat of it, we've got a very slim, slim line selection of uh, uh, a follow-up and news. Uh, first of all, I think, can we... Uh, is it worth having a weather update in Sweden, or is it just nice weather now? Oh, it's worth it, because it's awesome weather. Uh, okay. The only downside is that I was playing Rocket League on Saturday night until 3.30 in the morning, and when I looked out the window, it was daylight. <laughs> Where I, I saw the light creeping through at sort of 2.30, and I was like, oh, dear. And then at 3.30, when I went to bed, it was just bright daylight. I was like, hmm, oh, dear. this is going to be holiday, nice, uh... helping me to sleep. <laughs> On holiday in Norway, uh, it literally got to like half four in the morning and the sun hadn't set or come up. It just stayed the same. There was just no darkness whatsoever, which was very unsettling. <laughs> Is Yeah, I should imagine. It's weird. There's the um, there's a film with, I think it's Robert De Niro, called Insomnia. And he is, I think he's a policeman or something. I, I went to see it at the cinema. I can't imagine why, because it's not the sort of film I would normally see. But he's, I think he's like a policeman and he goes to uh, like the, the, the north of Alaska or something to solve some crime. And it's always light, obviously. And because of that, he can't get to sleep. But uh, And that's obviously the whole crux of the film. But now I had, um, uh, I made a bit of a mistake in Sounds my like head. film. Uh, it was yeah, it wasn't that good. But in my head, right, I confused the word insomnia with um, amnesia. So I spent the whole film. I was just sitting there trying to work out what he'd forgotten. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> so the fact that he was tired all the time just just didn't even occur to me. So uh, I like the film didn't make sense to me as I watched it. It was only at the end I was like, oh yeah, of course, insomnia. Yeah. He's tired. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh. brilliant yes that's my only experience where with the sun not setting um and of course with um uh, 30 days of night which is one of the worst films i've ever seen and is about the opposite that's that vampire film isn't it it is um yeah. i I fondly, okay. I fondly remember it as 30 days of shite <laughs> uh because i just thought it was rubbish but um i don't know well it got a straight to dvd sequel so it must have done really well <laughs> 
Uh, anyway, um, to be fair, I, Cruel I, Intentions got a straight to DVD sequel, and Cruel Intentions is an amazing film. Yeah, it's true. Um, I've only seen that one bit in Cruel Intentions. I don't think I've seen yeah. the rest of it. I actually had an hour and a half. Yeah. <laughs> I had a VHS of Cruel Intentions, and that one part literally. Uh, if I try and watch the video now, I can't now because I don't have a VCR, obviously. But it literally, when you get to it, it started going like all wavy, and then you couldn't see anything <laughs> because it had been played so many times. It literally yeah. damaged the tape. I was like a, a 12-year-old boy, so it was legitimate. This like, <laughs> yeah. you know, five I'm, years I'm, ago. I'm already track. saying I'm going to have to cut out like, the entire podcast aren't I, until we get onto the Apple stuff. <laughs> I need to cut um, that out. I only wrong. have one piece of follow-up news this week, um, and it's a really short one. Um, I saw, I don't know whether there's been an, an extended trailer or whether it was just some sort of TV spot, but that I saw something about Ghostbusters, um, the new Ghostbusters film, which we've discussed at length, and I don't think John and I are too keen on it, and Ben's quite looking forward to it for reasons <laughs> that we're not... We, I am. If you want to go into it, just go listen back to our previous episodes. Um, So just the one thing that upset me um, is that it's got the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man in it, and he looks awful. (laughs) Um, And obviously, Stay Puft Marshmallow Man was uh, was the big bad in the in the first film or at the end, and uh, and it was quite good. And um, uh, yeah, it looks rubbish, and it made me sad. So that's my follow. (laughs) Is he in the trailer? I'm trying to think. I've got a picture of that in my head of him. But... I'll see if I can dig it out. Um, interestingly, um, I say interestingly, it's a, it's, it's a piece of follow-on from, from that follow-on. I recently saw through Comixology, which is the online um, comic subscription service. I've got some more follow-up, actually. Um, <laughs> I recently saw on Comixology, there is a, um, I think it's IDW Comics, are uh, doing a Ghostbusters series where the whole point of the it's like an alternate timeline where the ghostbusters didn't cross the streams (laughs) and and the front cover and i think it's set like 30 days after and the front cover of issue one is basically it's the four ghostbusters sitting on a park bench and in the background you've got new york city just completely leveled with marshmallow man just sitting on top of a skyscraper (laughs) (laughs) basically have taken over the world that's pretty cool so that that's something i'd quite like to read um uh, sh- shall I add in my bit of follow-up? Yeah, uh, go for it. Follow-up. Um, we've also spoken a little bit um, in previous episodes about DC Rebirth, uh, which has now is in the process of happening. Now, Ben, I know you read it. Definitely, you certainly almost Big fans. certainly read this. It's <laughs> actually I, on the day that that Rebirth comic came out. Ben was like on the nose with with information about what was in it. So I love the fact that you I did are... research it heavily yeah. so that I yeah. could be correct in my facetiousness. Yeah. <laughs> John, did you read it? I haven't yet. I've, I've literally I've forgotten about it because I'm on holiday. But now I'm downloading oh, that, comicology. Uh, that's my uh, bit of follow up cut short. <laughs> <laughs> so in uh, two weeks time, you can follow up on it because I've read it. Yeah. Well. But um, um, you got it through comicology, right? Comicsology, yeah, and um, actually the 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 one shot special uh, DC Rebirth issue one. I think they, I don't know why they bother doing that when they're not going to follow it on with an issue two. But it's um, they say it's eighty pages, but actually it's about it's about sixty, and then you get twenty pages of here's all the covers from the follow follow uh-huh. covers. 
Um, but it's only it was a dollar ninety nine, so oh, yeah, that's... like one pound fifty, which was actually exceptional. I can suck um, that up for sixty pages of awesome. Yeah, so. and um, I have since read the the Flash follow on from that because they're 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 following on from this over the next couple of months. Um, I won't talk much more about it if you you haven't read it. Um, but also, dear listeners, if you're interested, I would definitely check it out because the twist at the end is it's mm, really good. Mm. It's a great yeah, twist. It was a superb twist at the end. I was very excited about it. Um, and one thing that I can say about it, which because it's not really a spoiler, no, I won't say actually, John, because uh, I don't want to spoil anything for you. Um, we'll 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 go into more detail next time. That was rubbish, wasn't it? So, I just got to uh, say that Comixology is owned by Amazon now. Whoa. I know, they've bought been it out. Amazon for a while. Yeah. Um, I haven't used it for a long time. But <laughs> no, they haven't. I mean, it hasn't changed the way that they act as a service. You still can't buy comics through their apps anymore because they don't <laughs> want to pay Apple, which is probably the worst. But it was great when you could just have it on your iPad. You could just go into the library, into their library, and just go, oh, I'll have that, and it charges it to your Apple account. I used to spend a fortune on, I spent a fortune on New 52 comics, and then they said, well, we're not really so cool about paying Apple the 30%, so we're going to make it that you have to go through our website. And I was like, no more comics for me then. <laughs> Far too much effort. I just use the Marvel Unlimited subscription because that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Well, Comixology have actually just rolled, or they're in the process of rolling out um, a Netflix-style subscription service now. Mm-hmm. So I think you pay something like five ninety nine a month and you basically just can read anything in their catalogue. That's pretty cool. That's, that's like the Marvel one. That's a Marvel one limited to... You don't get anything from the last six months or so, I think, but right. you still get 2,000 comics, which is more than I've got time to read. So. Yeah, absolutely. So... Uh, yeah, so mine absolutely no follow-up turned into loads. John, you've got some <laughs> follow-up for us as well, I understand. I do. I just have a tiny bit. So the Olo Kickstarter, which was the little 3D printer that I backed a while ago, yep. um, obviously hasn't arrived yet because it's not, not even due until September, which means hopefully it'll arrive March next year, if I'm lucky. Um, but they've, they've started making changes to the design. <laughs> you know the feature creep that we talked about because they did Oh, really yeah, well. yeah. So, they have um, these onto the charging cable. <laughs> Well, so far, I actually think all the things they've done are good because they have been driven by the community and there are genuine concerns because it used to work by some sort of audio. So the phone would emit audio and that would somehow control the device. Um, but now they've added a cable so that it's a lot more stable. <laughs> I was like, yes, that's a good idea. Uh, so and they've also made it so you can charge your phone while you're printing, which is also a good idea because if the battery ran out, your print was ruined. So it's, you know, so far, good things, but... It just made me think of Ben when I heard of the feature brief. I was like, this could go the way of Ben's water bottle. <laughs> it's going to stop being a 3D printer and start being a teacup one day. I'll be like, uh, this isn't what I ordered. A teacup, so maybe it'll turn tea. up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, I've got more hope of it turning up than yours, Ben. And mine, I reckon mine will turn up first, even though it's not even due for another three months. Where's my water bottle? Where is it? <laughs> it's very frustrating. But, but that's it, really. Just uh, It's kind of cool. Still excited about it, but we'll have to wait and see what happens with it. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely interested in finding out what it's like because it, um, obviously when we chatted about 3D printers, I think Ben and I both agreed that a, a standard 3D printer is probably a little bit large for, for a non-somebody who's, who's like properly into it having a go with. But this little one sounds like something that everyone can get involved with, which... 
Um, sounds really nice, you know, good because there's a big community building up around 3D printing, isn't there? Lot the mm-hmm. makers, is that what they call themselves? Yeah, makers? that's the right the right terminology. Yeah. So uh, now I'm definitely interested to find out more. Um, now, as we're recording this, uh, WWDC isn't the only conference that's taking place at the moment. We've also got E3, and um, given that we don't want to be too out of date too quickly, uh, John, do you want to you wanted to rattle through a couple of bits of news from E3? Yeah, I guess I uh, very quick mentions for the hardware and then maybe a couple of the, the highlights from the games, I think. But I'm just really excited about it. So it was a bit of a mission on Monday because they had the Microsoft keynote at the same time as the Apple one. And I was like, oh, oh, oh this is a classic battle, isn't it? <laughs> um, so I had the Microsoft one on TechStream and the Apple one proper because Microsoft don't have an Apple TV app. So, um, <laughs> But hardware-wise, it's interesting. There's going to be an Xbox One kind of slim edition. Uh, although they did mention... I saw that this morning on IGN. I was like, hang on, where's that come from? Mm, the little white one. So they've mm. put the power supply inside now because the power supply on the Xbox, the original Xbox One, is is massive. I mean, it's half the size of a PS4, you know. <laughs> mm. um, but they've also made it smaller and it will output 4K video, which I guess if you have a 4K TV is cool. But it's not going to play 4K games because it's the same, I think ultimately the same hardware on the gaming side. It's just that the... The video. I think it's been tweaked slightly, but it's not like a major update. But it is slightly better because they um, demoed Gears of War three with high dynamic range. Ah, um, yeah, yeah. So it must have slightly better graphics to be able to do that. But they're not announcing it as it's not like a big update. So no, because that's <laughs> coming next year. Um, they they gave a teaser for the Scorpio Xbox, which is going to be. Uh, release next year, which is going to be significantly better hardware. So, Scorpio Xbox is that their is that just their code name for it, or is that probably yeah? I think I mean I think it's a rubbish name. Scorpio, but I think it will be called something else when it comes out. Right, I, I don't know. They've, they've taken Apple's naming in that it's the <laughs> Apple One S. Yeah, like, you know, there's other letters you can use. And then they the demo for it's really funny. Like they do a trailer, it's like S smaller. S sleeker, and then it's like up to two terabytes hard drive. Uh, yeah. and I was like, Speedia must be coming, and it didn't. <laughs> and there was another yeah. S, but it was, yeah, really bad. Like, really, like, what does the S stand for? But yeah, that's the other big thing, I guess. The bigger hard drive will be really useful. I know you can plug in an external hard drive into your current one, but mine's only got a 512, so I'm constantly deleting games. Not that I use my X1 hardly anymore. I mean, it went through a a lot of usage in the first year, but now it's mostly collecting dust. Ironically, the external drives are faster as well. <laughs> I have a external uh, 512 gig, no, one terabyte SSD plugged into it, and um, it's faster than the internal drive because the internal <laughs> one's a spinning disk on a little slow connection, and I don't <laughs> think this will change in the two terabyte version. So uh, uh, just I, plugging I a USB 3 drive in is faster. I you think for that money, you'd think they would yeah. put uh, SSD in it, wouldn't you? Well, I mean, I suspect your one terabyte SSD costs the same as an Xbox One. <laughs> oh, because <laughs> uh, yeah. I guess the, the new one's only three hundred dollars, so I guess that's you know theoretically two hundred and thirty pounds, but actually two hundred and ninety pounds or something. <laughs> yeah. um, so it's pretty good for the games console, I guess, of the the power it is. But next year is going to be even more exciting. Uh, and the other bit of hardware is the PlayStation VR is coming out in October. So that's PlayStation's VR headset for the PS4. Uh-huh. 
they've got 50 games coming out that's going to support it, which is kind of cool, including one of the Star Wars games. It's going to have like an X-Wing. I don't, I don't know if it's just going to be like a level. I think it's just going to be like a, a scenario you can play. Um, but that's kind of cool. And obviously it's not going to have like a massive PC powering it. So I don't know how it's going to stand up. It's probably, it's, technically, it's not going to be quite as good as one for the PC. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm very dubious about it because VR is one of those things where you don't want the... Well, A, the frame rate you really needs to be 90 frames a second. Um, and I'm dubious as to how the PS4 is going to do that. Mm. Very, very dubious. Um, I think it's going to be motion sickness strapped to your face personally um, so I'll be, I'll be very very surprised if it works as intended um, with anything better than basic 2D kind of cartoony graphics mm. I'd just be interested to see I mean I, I definitely want to back VR but at the PC level when I'm going to have a yeah, yeah, decent base card and a Vive but it would be interesting to see what how the VR does because if it can get if it can get more people involved in VR because it's going to be a lot cheaper I mean a PS4 plus a PlayStation VR is going to cost less than a Vive. <laughs> so, um, Which is why obviously... I think it's going to be terrible. <laughs> yeah, but hopefully. I mean, I'm hoping quietly that it will get interest in VR up in general. And then when this, the bigger PlayStation comes out, which will likely be around the time the bigger Xbox comes out, maybe in 18 months or so, uh, maybe that will do a better job of VR. But... My worry is that it will kill it because it'll be so shit. It'll be like 3D TVs, and everyone will go, well, VR's crap, isn't it? Ever the optimist. (laughs) Um, We could spend forever on games, so I'm literally just going to say the ones I'm interested in, and not much more. But Titanfall 2 looks really awesome. Mass Effect Andromeda. 49.99. 49.99. Mass Effect Andromeda had a really good cinematic trailer. It doesn't say anything about the game, but it got me excited about the world again. Uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, like post-apocalyptic girl hunting robot dinosaurs still looks cool gears of war 4 more gears of war but it's going to work on both pc and xbox one and if you buy it on one you get it free on the other which is really cool uh god of war 4 looks quite interesting and i guess one more thing about titanfall 2 grappling hooks they look epic yay so you can start (laughs) but yeah that was a super quick rushed version of e3 but i'm i've if we get, start talking about it too much, I think we'll end up spending an hour on it. Mm. I only have two things to mention from E3. Uh, one is South Park, the um, fractured but whole, which looked <laughs> amazing. Um, the demo for that yesterday was great. Um, and then the other one is uh, Lego Dimensions, where they've added 16 new properties to it. Um, a, a real odd mixture of stuff to expand the already 14 properties they have so they've added things i can't remember them all off the top of my head uh but the a-team knight rider <laughs> gremlins et sonic the hedgehog the new ghostbusters um i can't remember what other ones there were there's loads they've added so many new things it's like you're never going to ever play a game again where you can play as mr t and you know uh, stay puff marshmallow man you can play a Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. He is a character as or an existing one. I, I know. I saw him in Tesco's the other day. Awesome. Would like this. That's pretty cool. I do like that set. I like the fact you can keep adding more shit to your world. 
Yeah. How come um, Lego Dimensions is doing so well when Disney have shut down their Infinity? Because are they not similar prop, um, ideas? They're very, very similar, but uh, the Lego one, um, A, they're putting a lot of money into it, um, mm-hmm. and it is very expensive, more expensive than the Disney stuff was. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think uh, the game itself is better. The Disney Infinity game had like an interesting uh, like build-your-own game type of thing kind of like mm-hmm. um little big planet kind of thing where you could build quite complex stuff really cool um and that was the only place you could play with all your toys together like if you did like a star wars level it's like well you can only use star wars characters that you own um oh, whereas right. like a dimensions they're like eh, use whoever the hell you want <laughs> you want to go through the doctor who level with um sonic the hedgehog go for it you want to <laughs> play the Scooby-Doo level running around with Gandalf and Batman that's fine and that gives uh, you a lot just, more replayability I guess mm. yeah all of them have got different abilities and stuff so you need certain abilities which might be across lots of people so for example um, one's like a scientist ability which Doc Brown from uh, Back <laughs> to the Future has the Doctor from Doctor Who has it Cybermen have it from Doctor Who um, and so new characters that are being added this time around will also have that ability so you can use any of those to access a certain part of the level or whatever yeah really cool but it's just interesting how they've added so many big brands like really big brands um but they use all the like original sound effects and stuff like i think Mm. they've actually got mr t to record new sound effects for it amazing (laughs) Uh, which is just like Disney didn't do that. The problem with Disney, the big issue I had with it was that despite them owning everything, uh, yeah. they used shitty voice actors. Right. Um, and it just killed it because you can't be playing as Captain Jack Sparrow with someone doing a worse impression than I could do myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a shame, isn't it? Because it's not as if they couldn't afford it and it's not as if um, you know Johnny Depp wouldn't come back and, and do it because they'd give him loads of money and his films well, aren't doing very well at the use- moment, so... They could just use the rushes from the films themselves. That's what they're doing yeah. in most of the Lego games. Like right. They couldn't re-record the original Ghostbusters, um, so they just take clips from the film, like from the that's, original right. audio. That's cool and that works well enough. Yeah, Yeah. okay. Cool. Um, oh, that was. Uh, I'm, I'm glad. That turned into a, a really nice bit of follow-up and news, despite us starting out with just four blank bullet points on our on our show notes but um i must usher in the main topic because i feel like we're going to have rather a lot to talk about um so last night um as we record we watched the uh live keynote presentation from wwdc now i i look forward to this every single year as i know you guys do um it's a really great opportunity to find out what's coming from apple in terms of software more than hardware over the next year and it's a it's a really great opportunity to geek out now um obviously ben uh particularly of importance to you because you're a you're a full-time ios developer uh john you in your you know a, 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 on top of everything else you do you have done ios development have you done mac development as well yeah i've done a little bit of mac but yeah and uh, and I uh, I have installed Xcode before, so, <laughs> so it's particularly exciting for me as well. Um, and then I uninstalled it actually because every time they update it, it's like another two and a half gigs to download. It takes me a week on my internet. <laughs> but uh, yes, um, they announced 
they started off basically by by saying this is how, this is what it's going to be like. We're going to do we're going to talk about four platforms, and I think it's fairly clear from the get go they're going to be talking about the Watch OS, uh, TV OS, uh, OS ten, and iOS. Um, so, what's this first thing on my list? App Store changes. I thought the first yeah. thing they spoke about was Watch OS. It go was, ahead, Ben. But they did a because it was going to be such a busy co- uh, keynote. Uh, yeah. They actually made some announcements two days previously. Oh, okay. Uh, directly to the press, um, where they've made big changes to the way that the App Store runs. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, the App Store review time has dropped massively, uh, which people have noticed. Like it used to be seven to fourteen days until the app would get into review, and then it'd usually be a few hours till it got approved. Um, now stuff gets approved within a day, sometimes within hours. Uh, so they've made big changes there. Um, and they came out and said, yep, that's all intended. Uh, we have made big changes at our end, so that's how long you can expect it to be. Uh, then they made some big changes to subscriptions. Uh, previously, subscriptions were limited to very specific categories, uh, basically newspapers and media consumption. So things like Netflix and Spotify were allowed to use subscriptions. But if you were a game, for example, you weren't allowed to use a subscription. Um, that's changed in that all apps are allowed mm. to use subscriptions now if they want to. Um, and also they made a change to the pricing um, in that if someone has been a subscriber for a year, um, after that point, any payments, uh, the developer gets 85% instead of 70%. So once you've got a year's worth of subscription revenue, uh, the amount that you get from Apple goes up by 15%, which is nice if you've got a subscription-based app, but uh, mm. not, not much good for the rest of us. <laughs> I guess um, it's then, a good way of helping people. It's a way of incentivizing you not to try and get people to subscribe elsewhere. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. it must be easy, like easy to try and get people to go. Oh, I'll just sign up through Amazon instead of through the phone, and then they get all the money. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Um, and then the final thing was ads, uh, which they've done, I think, in a very clever way and very careful way, um, which is that when you search on the App Store. They will. Sh- they well. They might show one advert at the top of the search listings, um, and that advert is literally just another app, um, and it looks exactly the same as the other search results, apart from it has a blue background and it says "ad" very clearly. Um, but it's not like I can't upload a custom image for them to show for my advert, for example, or custom text. I can literally just say hey, I want you to advertise Music Tracker for these keywords. And if someone searches for one of those keywords, then my app might show up at the top with a little advert mm. sticker, um, which is good because it's only in search. Um, you can't place adverts in the um, featured section or buy your way in there. Um, it's just search done through like a standard auctioning system. Seems fine to me. Some people are pissed off about it. Some people aren't <laughs> happy, but then you know, some people are miserable. <laughs> so obviously as a as a developer with apps on the app store that sounds like that's going to be a benefit to you because one of the problems with the app store is that it's really difficult to find anything um, yeah. or to stumble on on things um what do you think it's going to be like as a user is it going to be um similar to how you do a google search and and you're just fueled with uh with paid results which are not even necessarily appropriate for what you're looking for or is it is it going to be more subtle it sounds like it's going to be more it's subtle a lot a lot more subtle than that mm. it looks way better 
um, and it's just a single thing. Um, it looks just the same as the other results, but it just has mm -hmm. a different coloured background. Um, it's is there any not cost to really you? Big deal. As a developer, uh, is there any cost? Yeah, yeah, you have to pay. Yeah, you have to pay, right? Yeah. You have to pay to advertise. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. That, 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 I, I, I wasn't sure whether you'd said that, and I, I wasn't quite sure. Sorry, um, yeah, the, the yeah, developer yeah. pays, um, so you right, choose. Okay. I, I, you just pay for keywords. It all yet because they've not finished it. Um, at the moment, iOS mm. 10 beta users will see ads from developers that have opted in. So I've opted in, so they'll just automatically show okay. ads for my apps for free while it's okay. in beta, while they test yeah. it. But eventually, um, there is going to be some sort of keyword purchasing auction system, sure. much like any of the other pay ad networks click. use. Yeah. And um, of course, will there be customization of the ads through AdKit? Nope, no customization no. whatsoever. You literally say, "I want to advertise this app," and they use your App Store text and images, so you mm. can't customize okay. anything at all, which is good. Interesting. I, I'm interested to see what that's going to be like in the App Store because I, I kind of give up looking for stuff in the app store now unless I, I know exactly what I'm after because it is so difficult to just find stuff. I don't think it'll um, help with that. It's more a case of okay. in which case searching, I'm not looking for I guess if you were searching for something like a calculator app, if you yeah. search for calculator then at the obviously there's like thousands of apps, so it's hard to know which one's good and so on. Yeah. Um so the top result will be likely an advert for someone like CalcBot or Calca or any of the other big names in calculator apps um, in that it's good for them to be able to promote themselves in that way. Um, but it's not going to help with discoverability in any sense of the word. It's not helpful at all. Um, it's just no. a way for indies to compete in a sense with other more entrenched apps because for certain keywords, you can pay to be at the top of the results, whereas usually the top result is the one that has been downloaded the most. So you can, you know, uh, if you're a new app, you're going to be more likely to be found for certain searches. But it's not going to help with discoverability at all. Right. Okay. Um, so on the actual keynote then, uh, the first thing they went into was watchOS. Now, I, I don't think, I mean, I don't think there was any surprise that they were going to, to do all of the all of the OSs, that's fine. I don't own an Apple Watch myself, um, so I kind of, I was slightly less interested, I, I guess, but at the same time, I'm, I'm, I'm aware of what you guys have told me, uh, in particular in, in terms of the, the speed of uploading, so I was quite interested that that's pretty much the first thing they addressed. Hmm. Have you installed the um, OS 3, John? I haven't yet, no. I've installed iOS 10 on my iPad, but that's all I've done so far. Okay. I've put um, iOS 10 on my iPhone 6S, and I put watchOS 3 on my Apple Watch today, uh, and it is much faster. It's ah. crazy faster. Um, <laughs> they weren't lying when they said seven times quicker in the keynote. Um, it, it is dramatically faster, and the UI is much better. And Basically, the things that they announced are speed improvements, uh, mm. UI improvements, um, uh, some activity sharing, so you can like 
share your fitness data. Mm. Uh, a few new watch faces, including Minnie Mouse, which is nice. Um, and then they did some stuff uh, for people in wheelchairs who've uh, long been annoyed at the fact that the watch wants <laughs> them to stand up every hour. Um, now and, uh, asks them and to as roll, I commented is... last night, I, I, I'm amazed that it's taken them so long to, <laughs> to sort that out because it seems like a fairly glaring... You, can, you could turn it off. I mean, obviously, yeah. if you can't stand up, you just turn it off. But... Um, yeah, yeah, they still wanted to use the feature, I guess, that they, they still wanted yeah. to get active. Yeah. They just couldn't stand up, so it was no. kind of... Huh. So now it's time to roll instead of time to stand, which is <laughs> pretty awesome. And they've done a lot more besides that so that they can actually detect proper wheelchair usage rather than it... Because obviously there's quite a lot that goes into detecting if you're standing up. It's mm. not a simple problem when you've just got a basic magnum, uh, magnetometer and gyroscope. Um, but yeah, the, the new UI is the most interesting thing from my perspective because uh, they've killed glances, which was a big thing when they announced it. They're like, oh yeah, you're going to glance at bits of data. Well, that's gone. They've killed it. <laughs> it's completely disappeared. Now apps are fast enough that they just load instantly. Um, mm. And they've got like this new dock interface, which shows you a snapshot of the app, kind of like the iOS task switcher works. Mm -hmm. um, so it's way quicker. Um, Interestingly, they've added, a f because of that, um, things like checking your heartbeat. That used to be in a glance. And I was like, well, how am I going to do that now? Um, and they've added a heartbeat app just so that you can check your heart rate in there. But no, a, a good update overall. Very solid. Yeah, for me, I think the, I mean, there is nothing that's like, oh, wow, that's amazing. But it was all like, good, my watch is going to get better. And most importantly, usable outside of the three things I used it for. Yeah. <laughs> um, because it was so slow to load up apps, I could never be bothered, really. Uh, right. And now it feels like it will actually be useful for those things. And I, and I really liked um, the idea that you could reply with a short message by writing the letters on the screen. I thought that was cool. Because um, oh, yeah, that's of one of the slightly annoying things at the moment, is you're like, huh, I don't want to use one of the three canned responses. All I want to say is, like, that's cool, or log, or something, but it's not on my canned responses, so I have to go back to my phone. Whereas now I can just scribble it out a few letters on my on my wrist and it's like good or like three minutes you know like i'll be there in three minutes <laughs> and you can do that now and that's really cool and it's clever because it's not trying to cram a keyboard on the watch but the fact you can just like write one letter at a time and then type in a short sentence that that's going to be useful that's again going to make it something i actually use not that i have any regrets for my watch I, I use it all the time for the fitness and the calendar and it being a watch but this is just going to make it more useful i think so I've definitely found it more useful just today um, due to the speed. And the new faces are great as well. They've got um, an activity face, which just shows your rings prominently right in the middle <laughs> with a clock like overlaid on top of it, which sounds mm. a bit gaudy, but it's actually really good. It's much easier to see it. Um, and there's quite a few new complications as well. Like They've got one just for mail. Mm. Um, they've got a new uh, room, like a meditative breathing app built into it now where every four hours it'll say you should do some breathing um, and i tried it out and it's actually pretty cool um when you press it it's like a little closed lotus flower and then the lotus flower starts opening when you should be breathing in and the watch starts like tapping you quickly like it's like getting faster to like make you breathe in and then it stops and then like the little lotus flower closes up what you're supposed to be breathing out um, <laughs> it was really interesting um, and then it's like okay you've done your one minute of breathing go back do whatever you're doing and then like four hours later it's like you should do some breathing again and I was like nah I'm busy <laughs> 
I think it's... the overworld won't play itself. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's an interesting idea. I, I think it's funny. Like, I do think it's cool, but I think it's also funny. It's like, Apple is now helping you to breathe. <laughs> I noticed um, that there's no sign of custom watch faces, which I know, Ben, you had on your wish list. Yeah, that was on my wish list. Um, I mean, there's still a chance that could happen um, mm. before it goes live, because, I mean, most of the time with these things, uh, they add features throughout the beta period, sometimes very big features, um, mm. and oftentimes... Uh, the features only come because of new hardware. Um, I wonder if we won't see new faces until um, there is new hardware. Because um, mm -hmm. whilst this makes everything much faster, so it's not necessary to get a new watch straight away, um, mm. whereas I was expecting that they would launch new watches very soon because it was so terribly slow. <laughs> um, I imagine when they do uh, launch new watches, that not only will they be faster, but they'll have a bigger battery in them. Um, and that's yeah. really key to having custom faces because they will likely drain a lot more battery than the stock faces do. Yes, true. Have you noticed any difference in your battery consumption with this faster loading? It's hard to say because the betas always drain the battery much more. Right. Um, <laughs> as of right now, I still have 53%, and I've been using my app a lot more than I usually do usually mm. I get to the end of the day with about 60% battery um, so I'm slightly under where I would usually be uh, but I've been using it a lot more um, and it's a beta so uh, it looks like the battery is actually slightly better <laughs> taking the beta <laughs> into consideration but then also I imagine it will be better because if you can open up an app and get something done in a couple of seconds then that's going to be less screen time on less processing Whereas previously it would take 10 seconds for the app to load and it's probably churning away trying to do it, yeah. probably yeah. draining battery more. So I, I think overall the battery life will be better. Yeah. Okay. Um, right. Are we happy with watchOS? Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. So next thing we've done a tvOS. Um, <laughs> I also don't have a new Apple TV. <laughs> so what, what's that, Ben? The smallest update ever. <laughs> yeah, Nothing yeah, of so, interest uh, I was, whatsoever. I was not entirely sure what they actually added to it because I'm, I thought you had Siri already. Um, they were talking yeah. about Siri, uh, which was added in in the last patch update, wasn't it? Siri's been in from the start, but they added but, uh, voice recognition in the last update. I, I didn't make a note of Siri, but I don't remember what they added. <laughs> no. I I was like, you, you could do Siri, you could do YouTube searching. Stuff. Oh, YouTube, that was it, yeah. And I think it's something sporty. Cool. Mm. Right, they had something like Show Me the Game or something. I can't remember. Oh, yeah. it was, um, I know what it was. It's that apps can declare themselves as basically I am a live video app so that you can just say things like turn on ESPN and it mm. will launch the ESPN app and launch the live video component of it in the same way that I imagine you could say Show Me BBC One and it would launch iPlayer and switch to the live version of BBC One rather than yeah yeah yeah, yeah yeah stuff so that's you know it's pretty cool if people support it but there's already and then there is the remote right you can use your phone like a serial uh, like a TV remote yes, which is kind of cool because what is it like sixty pounds to buy a new remote or something isn't it yeah and sixty so pounds if you've already got an iPhone and you could then use that then that seems fairly sensible. Well, it's just convenient, a, isn't it? If you're lying in bed or yeah. something and you, you don't necessarily have your remote on you, then you can just... I guess it's main use cases for multiplayer games. where Because yeah. obviously you get remote with the Apple TV. Um, 
but some people buy a second one so they can play you know with kids can play two player games whereas now you don't need to because you can just use an iphone or an ipod touch or something so that's useful or if you lose your remote or if you break it then you can do this but realistic i mean it's been a long time coming it should have been there at the start because there <laughs> used to be a remote app for the apple tv for the third generation one uh, which did everything that the thing did um, but they just didn't do it in time for the, uh, this particular release. So, mm. you know, I, I was there, but I probably won't ever use it. I was predominantly distracted by the fact that um, on the big screen behind Eddie Q was basically um, Deadpool. And so I was <laughs> I was watching it thinking, I don't have the new Apple TV. Ooh, Deadpool, that was a great film. <laughs> um, uh, so that, that was that was my thoughts on TV. And they put in they put in a dark mode. I, I'm all for dark mode, but they are, they were obviously uh, scraping the barrel a little bit for for announcements, weren't they? Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I don't see the issue. Like people were like, "Oh my god, it's a game changer because it's so bright." Well, when I go to the menu, and it's like, oh, "Really? I just turn the brightness down on your TV, then? What the hell's yeah. wrong with you?" Yeah. It's like people wanting a dark mode in iOS. I'm so glad that they didn't announce one. Although looking through the code uh, that's been released lately, it, it seems pretty clear that that will be one of the things that does get added, um, probably with a new phone at the, yeah. uh, in September. Um, but yeah, I'm not a big fan of dark mode. I think it's a pain in the ass that apps have to build two UIs. Um, mm. In this, at least, it looked more like it's just the interface of mm. like the menu and that kind of stuff. I've not tried it out because I've not installed it on my Apple TV X. It's a pain in the ass because you need to plug in a USB-C cable. Um, but uh, I imagine it, you know, it's a very, very minor update. It's, you know, all good stuff, I guess, but nothing terribly exciting. But then I don't know what I would have added differently. So uh, It seems like the TV OS actually was a fairly good package as it came out of the box in the first place. So... Yeah, does everything you there's, want. There's not a whole lot to add to it, but um, and they did a big update, like literally last month, where they added it the was, Bluetooth yeah. keyboard and the Siri uh, text input and yeah. folder support and all that kind of stuff. Podcasts. So, what else are you going to add? Yeah, Deadpool. <laughs> a Deadpool um, skin. Okay, so the the bit that um, I usually enjoy the most is when they talk about updates to OS 10. Um, and I think it was, it was no surprise to anyone when they announced that they were going to rename it. Um, so OS 10 is, is no more and we've now got Mac OS. I did like the way that they announced that though, where they listed all of the yeah, yeah. <laughs> OSs and OS X obviously sticking out cause they'd write a line yeah. all the rest. Yeah. I thought that was very clever. Yes, um, you've made an excellent point for me as well. I was driving into work this morning thinking about about the keynote because um, that's how cool I am, <laughs> um, and I was thinking, ah, well, when at least by renaming it, they'll uh, they'll they'll stop the the people pronouncing it wrong, calling it OS X when it's uh, when it's meant to be OS ten, um, and then I, I realised that uh, you've got people like my dad refuses to pronounce iOS properly. So it's just iOS. another thing for him. Yeah, he calls it iOS, and uh, so it's just another thing for him to mispronounce. This so, is going to uh, be like Macus, Mac, <laughs> Macos, because <laughs> 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 the emphasis is on the OS and Macos, Macos Sierra. So, um, and what did they say? They said oh, that we're not we're not going to um, 
we're not going to go on about about how we're going to choose the name this time because I think it's really obvious. We'll call it Sierra. It's like, and I was thinking, why is that obvious? What what relevance is what what is that? So, do you know? Do either of you know? Why was it an obvious choice to call it Sierra? It's like a um, mountain range think... in Mexico, right? On the Mexico-California border? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, they name all of them after places in California, in California now. So we yeah. had, uh, what was the first one? I want to say Whistler, but that's Mavericks. not right. Mavericks. Mavericks. Which was, was a stupid Mavericks name. Mavericks the first one? Yeah. Because yeah. you had Mountain Lion, then Mavericks. Oh, of course. Mavericks, then Yosemite. Then El Capitan, which is a good name, it's which is a stupid name. Yosemite. Well, it's yeah. clever because it's just a minor update, so it kind of works. And now Sierra, yeah. but obviously we don't know. No, the American stuff. Mountain ranges in California, so it's a bit more. Maybe they think. Uh, maybe they're all Trump supporters, and they think natural wall to keep the Mexicans out. Brilliant. <laughs> Ooh, satire. <laughs> Mac OS so, Trump. Sorry, Macos, Trump. <laughs> Macos. Um, so there were some things I liked and some things I didn't like um, and some things that I was completely ambivalent to. Uh, for example, right, the... Like <laughs> <laughs> right, iOS. Um, like um, being able to unlock your, your MacBook using your, your Apple Watch. That sounds pretty good. I don't have one, though, so... Um, it's cool, just, but there are talk. there have been third party apps that have done that since the watch came out. They're not terribly good because they tend to use push notifications. So right. usually you get to the computer, and then the phone, uh, sorry, your watch shows a push notification that you tap, and then it unlocks the Mac. And it's pretty awesome when it works seamlessly, but a lot <laughs> of the time there's a delay and it doesn't work great. Um, yeah. So this is definitely awesome, but like you say, it's uh, very niche. Yeah, at the moment. Um, they also announced Apple Pay coming to Safari, uh, which is I thought sounded really good, um, but at the same time, you need to have an Apple Pay capable device in order to authenticate it, which I don't have. So it's just another nice thing that yeah. that I, <laughs> I can't have. Um, but I, I did enjoy the photograph of the woman trying to buy a coffee by swiping her iMac. Um, <laughs> I thought that was quite quite clever. Um, it, it seems like a good idea, actually, because, you know, how often do we buy stuff online? Um, ben, uh, there's no point answering because we know it's all the time. <laughs> I'm buying something uh, right now. Yeah. <laughs> buying, he's buying you and me, John. Um, <laughs> Didn't you buy uh, a whole bunch of stuff when uh, you first you, put Apple Pay on your watch? You'd be add-on items on Amazon. I'd have to buy <laughs> yeah. something more expensive to even get you delivered. <laughs> oh, okay, well, I'm off. <laughs> Didn't you buy a whole bunch of stuff on your watch when you first could, like you went to Smith's and stuff? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I went to the local um, retail park, um, and I just went around everywhere that took contactless payment or Apple Pay. Now, you see, that's slightly damaging to your wallet, but I'm guessing it is mostly coffee and magazines and stuff. Now it's online. You're going to end up buying, like, Xboxes and Macs and things. You say that, but I really wanted to test that at um, Marks & Spencer's was one of the launch partners where you could spend <laughs> over the contactless limit. And you'll mm. still be able to use the watch to do it. So I wanted to test that. So I bought a suit. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> so it was quite quite expensive uh, uh, day, really. Amazing. <laughs> but I bet you felt brilliant because you didn't have to get your wallet out. <laughs> no, it's true. I win this round. At the end of it, I had, a, I had a suit 
a magazine, a coffee, and a McDonald's. So I was very, very happy at the end of it. Amazing. Oh, that, that sounds like it sounds like a film from the fifties. <laughs> that would that would just be the plot of this film, and the guy would just have a really great day. <laughs> nice feel good film. I tell you something that um, that when when they first announced it, I thought oh, it sounds stupid, and then I immediately realised there'd be benefits. Is the universal clipboard? Um, I don't know whether it's the same for you you guys, but I I am quite often I will be using my phone and I'll suddenly realize that I need to and I, I do something on my computer and I end up sending myself an iMessage. Mm-hmm. Um, being able to just copy something and for it to be available in my clipboard on my Mac sounds brilliant. I, I think I'd use it all the time. I really like the uh, I really like the idea. I just hope it works better than <laughs> continuity's worked for me in the past. Well, there is that. Although continuity finally seems to be doing all right. It's getting there. I, I always open up AirDrop to kind of solve this problem, and it's a 50-50 chance to whether my device is actually well, appear. AirDrop's terrible. <laughs> no, like AirDrop no, the secret to AirDrop is um, I found, or certainly for, for me, AirDrop now works every time because you, if you keep yourself um, in your contacts list and when you turn on AirDrop on your phone, do it for contacts only, then it ah. works every time. Interesting. See, I always just have it to everyone. <laughs> Sorry? T- I always have it just contacts everyone on all my devices and they still don't see each other. It's very frustrating. <laughs> no, that's what I mean. Yeah, like I just I do it for con- do it contacts only and I have yeah. myself as a contact and then it just works. But it's hmm. weird. Um you're right though, it's I mean they, they should have got that working far like oh, eighteen months ago really when Yosemite went into beta. <laughs> or certainly when it was ready to come out, they should have had that ready. So the universal uh, clipboard is another thing like auto unlock where that's been a solved problem with third party apps for uh, six years. Um, <laughs> and that I have but it's like the flashlight, tool. isn't it? You know, you used to download an app to turn your phone into a flashlight and that's then they true. added it in. But actually that was that was great because oh, yeah, I mean, it'll be that. better that it's built in. Um, yeah, but Pastebot I used to have that did this, and you know right. it's useful sometimes. Um, for me, it's more useful for copying and pasting stuff between my iPhone and my iPad. I rarely need to send stuff to my Mac or back, uh, but it's one of those things that will be useful. But I also wonder about it's one of those irritating things because you won't know if it has actually worked. No, so if I copy something on my iPhone, then go to my Mac and then go to paste it, and it hasn't done it, it's going to be very frustrating. <laughs> Yeah, so it's like, your well, iPhone again. It would yeah. have been quicker for me to have iMessaged it at this point. <laughs> so I'm yes. dubious of how well it will work, but uh, we'll, we'll see. It looked good. Um, I'm trying to I think. also have issues with password yeah. support as well, sorry. Um, because, no, go on. For example, on my Mac and my iPhone, um, if I copy something from one password, I've got it set so that 60 seconds later it clears my clipboard. So that uh, right. you don't have your you know password just sat in your clipboard. Um, so that'll be interesting how that works because then it will wipe my clipboard. Uh, <laughs> and if I'm working on my Mac where I regularly copy and paste bits of code back and forth, if I then switch to my iPhone to go into one password, get a password to do something on my phone, and then it clears my clipboard and that syncs to my OS, uh, sorry Mac OS one. Uh, that'll be irritating. To be honest, I'll probably disable Universal Clipboard very quickly. Mm. Ah, it'll cause I me guess. more problems. <laughs> Useful for some, not for others, I guess. Yeah, um, can't please everyone. Something, something that I 
um, wasn't so keen on is the idea that you they're going to have shared desktop files because like they said oh you always keep your most important files on your desktop wouldn't it be great if they were on every computer it's like no because <laughs> I got like I got I've got work relevant stuff on my work Mac and I've got Dungeons and Dragons stuff on my home <laughs> Mac and, and like I don't I don't need my uh, my spell list to appear at work and then for the thousand screenshots I took when I'm trying to do some UI stuff to appear at, you know, on my home computer I think I will turn that off straight away. Yeah, I, I don't think I'll be using that either. Uh, I'm happy no. just throwing it in Dropbox or iCloud and then opening that folder at work. That's a yeah. good workflow for me. Yeah. Um, but I thought it was nice. Uh, I This kind of links into the next point, I guess, and uh, I don't want to talk too much about the optimized storage, but I don't know if it also meant that you could put files in your iCloud drive in a way that they weren't on your machine. That's something I'd be interested in. Like yeah. having a folder in iCloud where I want to save some space on my machine. I don't really want it to be happening automatically for me. I just yeah. want to go, here's a folder which is actually remote. So I don't want the files in it to be on my machine. But I do want to see them ideally. So it'd be kind of cool if you could just say, right, I'm going to throw this two gigabyte set of photos that I don't really need anymore, or you know, video or something, in this folder. And it'd be yeah. kind of cool if I could still see the folder and maybe it's like a grayed out icon or something and I could drag it back to my desktop because otherwise I have to go to a web interface to find it. Um, but it, that would be nice if I could do that. I'm not sure if you can or not. I got the impression you could, but mm. I could be the wrong. I'm I'm not sure what to make of all of that because I'm just, I, I'm reminded of when they did the uh, Yosemite announcement two years ago and they said really really explicitly that you will have uh, all of your you can have iCloud photos which is a service that I use and it is brilliant um, but they they said that it won't eat into your iCloud drive storage and then when it actually came to release it did eat into your iCloud drive storage and now I pay for extra storage and it's like well they didn't even mention it this time and it's like you know they what they showed an example where it cleared something like 120 gigs off a Mac like yeah yeah you bet you bet that you're going to be paying for 120 gigs worth of iCloud drive storage yeah. in order to store yeah, all you're going to need to update your iCloud drive now to be fair I think I pay three dollars a month for 200 gigs I think Oh, I mean, it's, it's it's exceptionally good value. I pay seventy nine p for fifty gigs. It's amazing. Yeah, that's, that's the one I've yeah. got because I've got Dropbox as well for my other files. So yeah, I haven't got Dropbox because I don't I don't need a terabyte of space and I don't need <laughs> to pay eight, eight pounds a month for it. Mm. Um, so I I actually I just keep a very few things in Dropbox and and actually I just make use of my iCloud drive um, and it's it's great. It's such good value for money and. It, and it just syncs really nicely between all my Macs, you know. So I'm, I'm very happy with iCloud Drive in general. I'm just, I'm not sure about it. Just going, hey, I've just shunted 200 gigs worth of crap up to your iCloud Drive. <laughs> That'll be tenner, <laughs> ten pounds for extra storage. I imagine it won't let you save more than you have storage space. Well, it will I'm sure be intelligent it will. and prioritize. I'm sure, it will. Yeah. It'll probably prioritize things like your photos are more important than backing up your shit but that was yeah. the first thing I thought when I saw it I was like mm, I hope you're going to decrease the price of uh, your storage <laughs> a yeah. bit more but I mean I like the idea of that and it will probably save it compressed right so it might be sm slightly smaller than what it is but um, I also felt like no no harm not their fault but it wasn't for the audience <laughs> you know like we're all developers we know how to handle our hard drive space but my mum maybe 
it might be useful for because yeah. he's not so good at that. So it could be a good feature, but it's probably not one that all the developers are going to find very exciting. It sounds like a terrible feature for a laptop because if I get on the train to do some work and then it's like, oh, you want that file? I backed that up for you because um, I figured you didn't need that. Yeah, but you've used three months. So I you've used that since your last train trip two months ago. So I got rid of that file. Oh, you want to download it? Oh, sorry, you've got no connection here. That's like, ugh. Be another feature I turn off. Like John says, for a lot of people, that'll be a great feature, especially yeah. people who have run out of space um, on smaller hard drives. But it's, it's not for me. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, application tabs. I was like, that was just such a total meh point for me. Was anyone excited by application tabs? I, I was I, massively excited. <laughs> I don't really know what to make of it. Like, I'm trying to picture it in use because I've got applications that have tabs so that's fine like my browser yeah and and now finder and i like having tabs there finder tabs is brilliant i've got applications where tabs would be completely irrelevant like steam i mean i'm not going to have two instances of steam or skype or twitter or most of the things i have open like spotify and i guess there's a tiny selection of applications like word where i'm going to have multiple instances open that don't support tabs and uh yeah i mean might be nice, but I wasn't. Partic- I wasn't disappointed or excited. It was just like, okay, tabs. Yeah, like, thanks. I have only just recently discovered that you can have tabs in um, terminal windows, which is really useful. <laughs> yes. So, uh, yes I only useful. even I only even discovered that I think because some some third party process opened up an extra tab, and I was like, what is this witchcraft? <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, no more. T. Yeah, I know. So, um, but yeah, I think but, a lot of apps that brilliant. have multiple windows open have solved it themselves. Like Photoshop mm. doesn't need to yeah. have OSX tabs because they have tabs in the thing. And I guess a lot of apps that need tabs have got tabs. So, yeah. not. It's nice that it's there for yeah. apps that don't bother to do it. Um, mm. But let me just leave you with this nightmare of the thought. Imagine iTunes with tabs. <laughs> <laughs> Nope. Imagine on iTunes. <laughs> um, so the 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 uh, penultimate uh, thing to chat about is uh, picture in picture. Uh, John, one. you were already talking about this this morning, weren't you? So. I was. This one, I when I saw it yesterday, I was like, "Oh, it's picture in picture like the iPad." Okay, fair enough. I can already move windows around. It's going to be useful, but not that exciting. And I got to work and went, "Oh, I just watched yesterday's Sony conference at work." I I thought, I'd, you know, when you watch, a, you have like a video on at work. It's like I'm not going to watch it. So I don't want it to be in my face. But I just want to have the audio on and maybe the picture somewhere so I can just, if something interesting is happening, watch it for 20 seconds but then get back to work. And uh, this would have been perfect today. (laughs) It's like 24 (laughs) hours after the thing. I was already wishing, gagging for this feature. Mm. See, ironically, uh, I watched the keynote on my iMac um, and before it even started, I was like, God, this would be so much better with picture in picture (laughs) because my choices are look at it in the window where I can't stretch it larger because it doesn't move because there's mm. HTML around it, or go full screen, in which case I can't see anything. <laughs> it's like, mm, well, this sucks. So I ended up sort of like shrinking the window and adding it just right and putting it in a corner. Um, yeah, so yeah, that's I what I do. I take a the big browser. thumbs up for me for this. I take the mm. browser, I minimize it to just the right size around the video, then I have to scroll the page around to make sure that. The video is the only thing in the window, and then I try and close all the tabs to make the browser window small. It's a faff. So Just while we're um, talking about picture-in-picture, picture, hot off the press news from an hour ago, 
uh, is that Netflix on the iPad now finally supports picture-in-picture. Picture. So you can finally leave Netflix and it will keep running, whereas previously it didn't, and it was mm. horrible. It that took them a long hammer. time. We, we talked about that um, like in one of our first episodes. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it was a year ago they added picture-in-picture picture to iOS. iOS 9. Yeah. Goodness me. I'm so surprised at Netflix. It. I'm very happy. Hmm. <laughs> Excellent. Um, and then, of course, the, the final feature coming to um, uh, Mac, Mac OS, um, Mac OS <laughs> is Siri, which, again, is uh, nobody was, uh, everyone was, I suppose, hoping for rather than expecting, but there's no way they could have got away with without doing Siri again because everyone wanted it two years ago. Um, and it, I thought it looked pretty awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about Siri on the um, mm. Mac. Uh, just I mean, mainly for using iTunes, because if you try and do something quite complex like um, play me all of my songs by Fallout Boy, uh, that should be fairly straightforward. But to go into, you have to go into artists, scroll through an alphabetical list and find it, or type in the search bar, and though not the Apple Music one, I just want my music, and it's a pain mm. in the ass. Whereas on the iPhone, it's easy. You just say play me my Fallout Boy music. Um, I, so being able um, to do that is massively yeah. exciting for me. I noticed how it is not an always-on feature, which is is quite a clever idea, um, mainly because I was thinking in my small office where everyone has a Mac, <laughs> <laughs> you just, uh, if you just say, hey, Siri, do something, and suddenly everyone's Mac just responds. <laughs> I, I say that, but none of them will upgrade for months and months and months. I'll be the only one Siriing around probably. But, and then just uh, walk also, around going... Hey Siri, delete all my files. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Also solves the problem of um, what happens if you have your iPhone 6s on your desk as well, and you <laughs> say that command, and then both would turn on at the same time, and it'd be like, uh, yes. which mm. one's going to do which? But no, you you hold the function key and the space bar down, is um, how you activate it, and it looks uh, pretty good. Isn't that how you get spotlight search? No, that's, no, uh, that's command, command and space. What's the function. Fu oh, function key? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the function. function shift, which does absolutely nothing. Yeah, that's kind of cool. I think it's it's going to be nice. I mean, I, I probably won't find myself using it like loads and loads, but it's, it's another one of those features. I'm like, yeah, that's cool that it's there. Basically, the thing I use Siri for on my phone ninety percent of the time is twenty minute timer, please. Yes, um, I use it to to do messaging um, if I'm driving and I need to send a message to to my wife. I will I will just get Siri to do a message and it, it does a fairly good job um, in fairness um, the, the main problem I find is that I drive through, uh, I'm sort of skipping ahead to iOS actually but the main problem I find is that I drive through a lot of areas without signal and I find it frustrating when <clears throat> if I lose signal and, and I, I want to give a, like a simple command to Siri and it can't do it because it, it has absolutely no local functionality, I was kind of hoping to see a little bit of that true. Siri does okay. have local functionality, just not on your phone. Not on my phone. Is that is it that does true? on the is iPhone six and six S? Uh, well, uh, <laughs> and fine, okay, because it requires significant CPU to. Uh, um, can it. I ask a question about picture in picture? Actually, going back one, um, mm. is that going to require um, specific support from different? Um, video providers um, or is it something that will be automatically built in as long as you're using Safari? I imagine that Safari will do it for anything that's HTML5 video so that'll be right, okay. most video sources I guess it's possible that 
other apps might be able to support it too. Mm. Um, but primarily, I think most of the time it's going to be used by people in a web browser. And I guess Safari will just do it for anything that uses HTML5. Yeah. And possibly, I mean, maybe if Twitch have their own system or some, if, if YouTube had their own system, they might just make a specific hack for them, I guess, as well. Because yeah. <laughs> it's like so big. But primarily, I think everyone uses MP4 HTML5 video now, and it's all done by the browser anyway, mostly. So, yeah. okay. so they can just hook into that. Okay, cool. Okay, uh, okay. Macos, are we all we all good with that? Yeah, yeah. Right. iOS then. Um, well, we've already discussed the limitations of uh, of my phone, <laughs> and uh, so what have we got we're on iOS? Done. I kind of, I kind of. Sorry. Oh we're, yes, we're I not know. done discussing those limitations. Actually, in, you know what? Um, jumping ahead a little bit. Uh, we we said at the end. I said that it, it looks like my iPad has just been made obsolete, and and I think you said that they're supporting everything back to the iPad two. But yeah. I read something this afternoon that that does say that the iPad four is the is the oldest one they're going to support with iOS ten. Yeah, I saw that too. Mm. So yes, my iPad is is obsolete. My uh, my iPhone is getting there. I can't imagine it's going to run iOS ten very well. Uh, so yeah, this section I kind of I kind of phased out a little bit because I was just thinking this is not going to run on any of my stuff. But um, uh, what's this user experience? Is this just the the sort of general how it looks and feels? I thought it looked really nice actually. Um, I'd I'd forgotten uh, at somehow that it was like a brand new version of of the OS, and I was thinking, oh, this looks really different. Um, but I suppose really iOS 9 didn't add a huge amount because was it 8 that was the massive sweeping changes or was seven, that 7? Seven? Seven so that obviously came in and then they did a couple of, of, of performance updates really after that. Yeah. Um, whereas I thought 10 looks quite a bit different. It looked, looked really nice. Yeah, they've You're obviously free, um, running aren't you? Yeah, I've, I've got it on my phone. Um, I've not tried it on my iPad and, but John's got it on his iPad but not his phone. Is that correct? Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, they've gone for a. Uh, some of it looks good to my eyes, and some of it doesn't. Um, they've gone for a very uh, card-like interface, um, so everything is like in little pop-up pool cards. Mm -hmm. um, the lock screen's been redone completely. There's no slide to unlock anymore. Um, partially, I think, because most devices have the fingerprint now, so most people weren't sliding to unlock anyway. They're just holding their thumb down it unlocks but now it just says press home to unlock so you press the home button and then the number pad appears rather than swiping to do it because um, if you swipe you get to like a little today widget type thing which has all different cards of the widgets that you could add into that swipe down notification center view because that's gone that's been removed mm. yeah. um, so all your widgets are in the search part now but then everything like notifications are like little cards now um in Apple Music, uh, when you play a song, it pops up as like a little card. Uh, they've used it in quite a few places throughout the interface. It's um, interesting. I, I like it. I think it's nice. I think it looks better, uh, mainly just because it's new and fresh. So it's just uh, it's nice to have an update after a while. I'd say I was um, yeah. doing some echo over while I was doing browsing the internet or something, and then I got a notification. I was like, oh god, that looks different. That's nice. <laughs> and mm. objectively, it's you know, it looks the same. It's not any different functionally really um but it just looks new it's like oh that's, that's nice yeah i am um, i i don't know if i like it or not yet with the using the home button to unlock i used to i guess because i've got mechanically in my head now click swipe 
tap or click swipe thumbprint. So now it's changed that. I'm like, oh, every time I'm like, <laughs> I find it interesting uh, that you were still swiping and then using the thumbprint because you can use the thumbprint without swiping. I never, I just, as soon as the thumbprint came in, I stopped swiping entirely because you just hold your thumb, thumb down and it opened. Yeah, I guess um, 50% of the time I still type a password in because I I don't have my phone in a position where it's good to thumbprint. I'm not holding uh, it in my hand. Quite often it's on my desk or something and it's like... John holds landscape. his uh, phone like a claw. <laughs> <laughs> uh, holds it in a really odd way. How am I supposed to unlock my phone? <laughs> if I don't have the thumb scanner. Oh, you just literally... It, um, so previously, you know, you swipe and then you get yeah. the number pad. Right, so now password. you just press the home button and it brings that up oh. instead. Oh, okay. But it basically so means they're all tapping the home button. You tap it once yeah. to wake it up and then once again to... Right, okay. Hmm. But Interesting. that's only for... I missed that somehow completely. Seeing as iOS 10 was the uh, only sport iPhone... 5 and 5C are the only ones without a Touch ID sensor. Yeah, it yeah. kind of makes sense that they'd switch it at this point because yes, yeah, majority absolutely. of people are going to be going them. Yeah. But it's a minor thing. I mean, it's like a little bit like jarring, but apart from that, it's fine. Yeah, it takes a bit of getting used to because it's something that you do every day. But uh, yeah, it's nice. But then there's new animations like when you're tapping on folders and apps, uh, they zoom in slightly differently. Um, I'm not so keen on that animation myself, but it's different. <laughs> It looks good. Um, the big design changes are things like Apple Music, uh, where they've gone for a very bold, literally very bold text-based interface. Um, it's quite odd to look at at first. Um, mm. They've done the same thing with Apple News and the new Home app, uh, which is what you use for controlling um, HomeKit stuff. Um, that one in particular feels like a mess. It's a horrible UI. <laughs> In my opinion, other people will have different opinions, I'm sure. And um, some might change through the beta as well. I mean, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. I expect there'll be a lot of changes around the place. I'm sure not only based on user feedback, but they're probably picking up loads of metrics that we, you know, telemetry and stuff. Would, mm. If we didn't untick a box somewhere <laughs> about how long it's taking to unlock our phone, and if that goes up significantly, they'll probably <laughs> change it. But, you know, it's little things like that, I suspect. But, but it's a, a nice UI overall, generally. A few nice yeah. updates. For me, it just feels like a change. Doesn't really, doesn't really mm. feel better or worse. A couple of things feel better. A couple of things feel worse. But overall, it feels about the same. But I guess if that means they can cram in more features and it still feels about the same, that's a good thing. Yeah. What was the? So let me see. So they have. Um, oh, they they talked about messages a lot. That was the big feature, wasn't it? It's talking about messages, and I'm, I wasn't wasn't quite sure why they put so much focus on messages. And like big emoji, it's the most used why? app on the iPhone. Why? <laughs> yeah, but like, do, does it? What does it need a massive overhaul? I, I do I need bigger emoji? Y do I need not, the ability but... to? Do I need the ability to to? to type out uh, uh, a text message in beautiful prose and then be told which words I can convert into emoji. <laughs> it's like, no. what? Yeah, that, that, that bit made me a little bit sad, but the bigger emoji I liked. Um, and I sent you a message earlier, Ben. I'm not sure if it got through, but I yeah, took I, I a got picture it. off my iPad and I scribbled on it some words. And that's kind of cool. Um, so if yeah, you've like taken that. a photo, you can scribble on it with your finger and then send it. And so that's really cool. 
Uh, I can see myself using that. And the secret message thing, I think, is fun. I couldn't find it on my iPad. Maybe it's not there yet. I don't know. No, I'm, um, I'm not sure how a lot of these things work. It's a little bit confusing. Yeah, um, the, the Messages app has got now a big pile of buttons. That's the downside. Right. Like, the biggest thing is pretty good, though, because like, I've built apps, uh, I think three now, for clients where they wanted third-party keyboards, um, which mm. they added in iOS 8, um, to do emoji. Now, the problem with them is, is that, A, you have to do a keyboard, um, which needed full access, so it had like a big scary message saying, this keyboard can see everything you type. Um, it's like, well, it's only got GIFs, so I'm not actually typing anything. Um, but then there were all kinds of weird restrictions that Apple put on it. It was always crashing because they ran out of memory. And I don't think Apple realized that the most popular keyboards were going to be for images and like big stickers and shit like mm. that. And mm. people get annoyed because they expect it to work like emoji, like you can paste <laughs> it into a message. But it doesn't work that way because they're images, whereas emoji literally is text. Yeah. Um, so this is a really good idea because now they're enabling developers to write message apps, basically, mm. where you go, here are the stickers I want to stick into this app. Um, and then you can access them within messages to send them much like you can emoji. So it treats it more like that. Um, so it's more of a response to what has become massively popular. Uh, yeah, done it. I can see this being quite big for the users. Like yeah. developers are like, ah, who needs all this stuff? But actually, general users like customizing things. You know, the same reason that they sell a hundred bits of DLC for games and they're all colors and costumes because people like making things their own. Mm -hmm. uh, I think for that purpose, this is actually pretty massive. And for me, as a developer, what was more exciting, I thought the app integrations into messages was awesome. Uh, the example they gave where it's like, ah, all six of us are going to have pizza on Sunday. Just order what you want. And I presume that if you ordered something, you would pay for it. If I ordered something, I would pay for it. And it would all just turn up on Saturday. It's like, that is pretty awesome because it all happens in the messages app. It's like you don't have to leave the app. So I could say something, I could just text around you guys. Again, assuming the app integrations are there in the future, I could say next D&D session, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and it could actually give you three tick boxes. And then when you tick the ones oh. you're available to do, and then you all feed it, fed, you know, put in the day you can do, it could tell oh. me everyone can do Thursday, no one can do Tuesday. And I'm like, mm. Thursday it is then. And that could all be done with a little app inside messages instead of text going back and forth, which is easy to make mistakes. And I think the possibilities for that are awesome because you're never going to download... John Wordsworth's D&D Organizer app <laughs> just yeah. for that. But you can just write a little integration, you know, like a service like Doodle or something will probably have an integration. Uh, and then pull over one for when you're free, get that feedback without anyone actually having to go and load up a web browser or do things, just write their own messages. And I think, I think that's, that is a really cool feature, one of the most exciting from the, from the show for me. That's interesting. I didn't. I didn't actually pick up that level of functionality from the way they were explaining it. Um, so it's nice to know that it it can do more because uh, I, I I just saw it as you know. Oh look, we can we can order curry. Whatever it was. <laughs> um, that's cool. Um, I'm trying to think what other updates did I do? So what did they do to maps? They say we've got maps on here. Was there any uh, much updates to yeah, maps? Yeah, you can, much in the same way that you can add apps to messages, you can add apps to maps. Um, so, for example, I think that was the one, though, I think, where they did the ordering of food because they oh, literally tapped on the location in maps and then it was mm. like, bling, here's the menu. And then you go tap, 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 
Uh, I'm, I done. must have been totally zoned out for this one. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember half of this stuff. I remember the all the rest of it. That was the main thing clear. for maps was that you could mm. add applications right. to it, okay. basically. Okay, uh, so it just your own UI okay. on top of the map. Okay, which is um, interesting. The photo stuff is pretty interesting. Yeah, um, I've been really excited by that. They basically added some AI kind of stuff to it, much like Google does with their photos um, where if you upload all your photos to Google you can go show me photos where I was in the snow and it'll go yep here's the photos <laughs> where it's snowing um, and it's kind of creepy and kind of like oh that's interesting um, and they do it by basically cataloging everyone's on now I don't know how exactly it works because I only found out about this today I don't remember it in the keynote uh, but I opened it up and I typed pug into my search and it showed yeah. me 520 photos of my pug where I've never <laughs> categorized it or said that's what it is or done anything like put it in an album called Pug or anything like that. Um, it just automatically knew the pictures that had pugs in it. knows what a pug is. Yep, and then I said dinosaur, and it showed me pictures of me like at the Natural History Museum by dinosaur bones. It showed me a photo of my Lego dinosaur that I'd taken once, a photo of like a little plastic toy dinosaur I had years ago. So they're doing some really clever stuff and i believe it's all mm. done on the device as well mm. so i don't know how <laughs> no, that wouldn't be done uh, on my device black magic. <laughs> no no it's likely not <laughs> now that is the feeling i got and that's one of the things they're pushing i guess was the security and saying hey look it's all done locally so you're not actually losing any privacy with doing this and that was pretty cool which is the one reason I've never used Google Photos. I've always looked at it and been like, that seems awesome, but I'm not giving Google all of my photos. <laughs> Whereas this, it's like, mm, okay, awesome. Now I get that for free. It's not as good. It's not as accurate. Um, and as I don't know how they're doing it, I don't know how to correct things. Like um, I searched dog uh, and it showed pictures of all my dogs, but then it also showed a picture of my cat. And it's like, well, how do I tell it that that's not a dog? And so Siri knows what a pug is, but she doesn't know what a cat is. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, my cat does look very similar to a big dog. Because uh, it's, it's a lion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, I, I can't remember what else they added to photos. Um, oh, the, they, you uh, can make a video. To... Yes, like a, of course. Yeah, yeah they've got the mm. mem memories. Um, I tried that at dinner this evening, actually, when I was looking through. Um, it's really cool. Uh, it said, oh, here's an album of your like last 30 days. And I tapped on it. And then just started playing a video uh, with like this music. And I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. But then you could swipe through. And I was like, okay, let's change it to happy. And then the font changed for all the bits they did. They added different music to it. And you could choose different lengths for how long you wanted it. Mine was medium. And it worked out as like 57 seconds. And it just showed me photos and then little bits of video as well interspersed in it um, and the whole thing is landscape so if there's like portrait they zoom into the portrait a bit and then mm. like a blurry background at the sides as well um, and it worked really well I was like watching it going this is really clever it's really nice where does the music come from Apple Music uh, I think it's like their own they've written a number of pieces of music specifically for uh, this. Okay. okay like they did with uh, iMovie on the Mac a while back they did a okay. similar thing where you could just dump a shit ton of photos into it right. and make a trailer for you uh, oh, that'd be really really good on the uh, 8 gig iPhone then won't it <laughs> <laughs> I don't have one one thing but, they did mention actually and uh, I don't think this is on our list but they I don't know if they mentioned it, but I've seen it online since. You can remove a lot of the stock apps now. 
Uh, yeah, it wasn't yeah, announced. I've seen in the that keynote. in the rumor mill, but they didn't mention it, did they? It was not announced, but it is a thing. You can delete pretty much all of them. Good. Mm. Uh, and I think they said it's only going to save like two hundred megs of memory or something. But you know, it's it the doesn't choice. save much in memory, but also it changes things. So if you, uh, for example, a good example is maps. If you delete maps and you have Google Maps installed, if you tap on a location in your email, it'll open up. Google Maps automatically. Ah, cool. Um, so it kind of sets a default without. As long as you don't have two apps there, yeah. If you had both, it would always go to Maps. But now you can kind of say, "Well, I never want to use Apple Maps. I always want to use this one." So that works. But the really interesting thing is that to get it back, if you delete it, you go to the App Store and download it. Like <laughs> you can go to the App Store and Mail is just an app, mm. uh, which means that they may be able to update apps outside of uh, iOS releases. Yeah. So like Maps could get an update to I fix see. something without waiting for a whole iOS 10.0.1. Mm. Yeah, that's really nice because if there's sometimes you sort of use mail or something and there's an annoying bug and you think, ah, oh, it's going to take forever to fix. Um, but maybe they'll just fix it now, which is nice. Yeah. Maybe. But you can delete pretty much everything um, and that goes for the watch as well. Um, CarPlay, they improved so that you can remove apps from the CarPlay experience. Like mm -hmm. my CarPlay always shows the podcast app and it's like, well, I'm never going to use that because <laughs> I use Overcast, which already shows up. So now I can remove it from there, which is nice. I mean, I've deleted the podcast app entirely from my phone now because I can. But there's a lot that you can do with that now. Um, so yeah, it's good. Cool. Is there anything that we've missed on iOS? I guess there's probably one more thing. Well, I want to ask a question before I set mm. Ben off on something that I know he's going to get excited about. Quickly, <laughs> first quickly, quick type. What was that? I think I think I might have missed that because it flew by pretty quick. And I was like, oh, is it just um, better AI for the prediction? Yeah, text? quick type things, something like if you get a message that says, what's Ben's email address, it will, it will quick type will go through my contacts list and pull up the email address of every Ben that I've got in there. So that I can at random and just pick. pick so they, they've added they've added some AI to it, haven't they, to make it yeah. more? Yeah. Which okay. seems actually seems quite good. I mean, I don't use QuickType. I did that thing, um, that fun game the other day after I'd had a few too many glasses of wine, where I sent a, a message to a friend of mine, just entirely composed out of QuickType, um, <laughs> and it was and it was just it was a phenomenally long, completely nonsensical list of words. <laughs> Um, so it, you know, it, it it's not as clever as they like to think it is, and it would be nice to see it being a little bit give some more sensible suggestions because it 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 sounds like it's going to learn the way I, I like to write messages and suggest appropriate words, whereas at the moment it doesn't. And I guess well, the, at the moment it's not supposed to do that though. It's supposed to uh, yeah, I know, but as you start typing, mapping, it doesn't. But, um, uh, the, also, the one thing I use it for at the moment is when I get a message that says, like, curry or pizza, it will have curry and pizza as quick type options. That's kind of cool. It's like, tap. I've responded to your message in one tap. <laughs> yeah. But, but for, uh, I don't really use the predictive words that come up at the top of the keyboard very often at all. So. No, me neither. They just get in the way. Yeah. You can swipe up down, can't you, to get rid of them? But. Ah, you yeah. can also, I found out the other day... You can turn them off completely if you hold your finger down on the uh, keyboard switcher button. Mm. Um, then at the top of that list is a checkbox to turn it off. Ah, cool. And it's probably in settings somewhere as well. You can turn it off. Because I always used to just swipe it down. And then whenever I 
try and bring up control center, it would swipe it back up and I'd be like, oh. <laughs> I was very happy to turn it off permanently two days ago. Yeah, that's cool. So the last one I think Ben Ben's going to have a lot of fun with is the HomeKit stuff. Or maybe not, because maybe you've done it all yourself. But <laughs> Yeah, they didn't really add anything new for HomeKit for me. Um, they only added they a few basic things, um, like it now supports cameras, which is good because um, I had to hack my security camera uh, by pretending it was a door lock so that it had a state of locked and unlocked because <laughs> that was a good way of representing a camera on and off. Mm. Uh, so now that you can have an actual camera, which is cool because now they can make security cameras that plug into it. But apart from that, they didn't really add anything extra apart from uh. the app itself, uh, which is, you know, uh, they already had that uh, if you downloaded it yourself. Um, and similarly, all apps, uh, if you bought something like, uh, say, the, I'm trying to think of a good example, uh, my window and door lock uh, detector thing that I got from mm. Eve, their app had full HomeKit stuff in it. So you could set up scenes for my light bulbs and stuff inside their app because every HomeKit enabled app has to let you control all of HomeKit, or at least it did. <laughs> um, whereas now they just have a single app, so it's better. Yeah, but like I said earlier, cool. the app is terrible. It's horribly designed, in my opinion. Um, so I likely won't be using it. I'll stick with the app I already have, which I wrote myself. <laughs> so I'm not massively excited by HomeKit. It's all stuff that was there previously, really. It's just a few basic tweaks here and there. Cool. Excellent. Well, I guess the last thing um, they talked about was the Swift Playgrounds app for iPad, uh, or certainly for everyone else's iPad. Um, which I thought looked really nice. Um, this is for those people who didn't see the uh, uh, the keynote. Um, is essentially uh, an application that is designed to teach young people how to code in Swift, and you get a nice little character, and you can give him commands, and you basically learn how functions work, and you can learn how. Uh, your basic syntax works and and looping and and etc cetera, etc cetera. and it just seemed like a really nice idea. It's, it looks like a combination of something that John and I have played before, which is Code Combat, mm. uh, which is a way of learning JavaScript online, and um, a tool. It looks a lot like a tool that they use in schools called Scratch, um, which teaches uh, programming by dragging sort of blocks of instruction onto the screen. Um, the, the reason uh, there's two reasons why I, I like the look of this. The first one is that I like the thought of anything that might be good for my son when he's older um, to help him learn to code if he's interested in that. And the other thing is I was I'm I'm always haunted by the memory of the the IT teacher at the school that I was teaching in last year who was teaching his GCSE class how to code in Visual Basic. <laughs> Um, I'm just thinking that this is this is a free app, and a lot of schools have iPads. And actually, that idiotic cretin can actually <laughs> not ruin the future of any potential devs anymore, because now they could actually learn something useful. Sure, there's one VB6 job going somewhere in yeah, the yeah, Southwest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I think it's um, a good idea. Um, and 
playgrounds themselves are great. Uh, they came with Xcode a couple of years ago, um, mm. and they're a really good way of testing out a piece of code without loading it up a full Xcode instance. So for example, I use it a lot with uh, string formatting. Uh, let's say for example that I have a, uh, a date coming in as like a MySQL date and I want to output it as something specific like um, 14th of Je uh, June 2016 at 21.17pm type thing. Um, now previously you would, if you were in the middle of a project, you would just add it in manually and then you'd run it and see if it worked and then recompile mm. the project and if you've got a big project sometimes that can take a lot of time um, or you're doing ns log statements looking in your console and it's not ideal whereas with a playground you can just fire up a little basic test thing just put in your date formatter and have it output it immediately in real time as you're typing it just shows it in the right mm. hand pane the output mm. and it's a great way of testing stuff like that also basic animations um, I've used it for testing stuff like that or any kind of formatting where you're taking an input, doing something clever to it, and then wanting to see how it looks afterwards. Mm. Um, so converting dates is a good example, um, but there's all kinds of reasons you might do that. Um, so to be able to do it on the iPad is cool because it's exactly the same thing. So everything you can do in Xcode Playgrounds, I believe you can do in Swift Playgrounds on iOS. Uh, it's basically just a way of using playgrounds remotely. Um, and a lot of people use that for teaching because it's super easy to use it for teaching because mm. as it outputs everything, you can just have like the lesson built into the book. It's like an interactive tutorial mm. book, um, but it's useful. So if you're wanting to learn a piece of code, even if you're not a beginner, even if you're an advanced developer um, and you're learning something new like metal or uh, core animation or something, then you could still download playgrounds from other developers and look at them, but doing it on the iPad might be a better experience sometimes than sitting just at the Mac. I don't know if I'll use it that much myself because I hate typing on the iPad <laughs> with a passion. Yeah. Um, so it's very unlikely that I'll actually so use Even on your it. iPad Pro? Yeah, I just don't yeah. like typing on it. Mm -hmm. um, I could get a, th a keyboard for it, but then at that point I'm like, well, I have a MacBook. Yeah. So, I really don't want to get into having a keyboard for my iPad. Um, yeah. Because I just use it for consuming stuff. I'm happy with my use of it. Mm. Uh, so it's probably not for me, but I think it's a really good idea. Um, and it's exactly the way that I assumed Xcode would come to uh, the iPad. We're not going to see a proper Xcode way of building apps on an iPad because that's much more complicated um, and very, very difficult for dealing with things like well, making it run on another device. Uh, yeah. Whereas this is like a really good way of it's playing with the learning, code, reading the frameworks, looking through documentation, teaching. Uh, it's perfect for that. Yeah. Do you think now they've they've released this to developers? Um, so I don't. I I guess you, neither of you guys has has really had a, uh, any reason to have a look at it. Do you think that it will be you'll be able to open it up to languages other than Swift? No. Strongly sure. doubt it. No? Um, no, because Playgrounds, I mean, it's specifically, it's a Swift thing. Um, Xcode Playgrounds, you can't use Objective-C in them uh, because they are tightly coupled with Swift. That's kind of how they work. Mm, you can, I don't think you they can... want people to learn other languages because they want you to learn <laughs> Swift to build apps. Guess, um, yeah, they're not going to so. want to teach you JavaScript or Ruby or anything else. 
Swift is what they're putting all of their money behind. They yeah. expect Swift to Swift is open source, so it can run on servers. It can do web coding. Uh, so yeah. they only want to teach you Swift. You're not, yeah. not going to learn anything else in it. I find that a little bit of a shame, um, purely from the point of view that it seems like an excellent tool for for learning how to code. And it's uh, you know there's there's plenty of tools out there that teach you how to code and and are sort of non language specific. Um, but at the same time, you know, I'm I'm a big advocate of anyone learning to code as well so um, I thought it looked really nice I really liked the look of the app it definitely looks like a more of a learning app than a coder app I mean yeah I downloaded oh, it and played with it at the moment and it's got four different scenarios built in I think actually one of them is coming soon so it's got three different sort of playgrounds but I couldn't see the code that actually produced all of the playground on the right it's like there was one that had loads of colored bars on the right and when you touched them it played sound but there are only about 15 lines of code on the left tell you what happened when you hit the bars not actually to create them so i guess that someone somewhere has provided a playground from the xcode on the desktop and then just exposed certain bits and as long as developers can do that i think it'll be a really nice way of just kind of going like you said ben you know here's metal and here's just a snippet of metal you don't have to write ten thousand lines of app because that's all done for you (laughs) Mm. but you can play with the bit that makes the cube colored or something so you can play with it and write your own little shader and and recolor the cube and you can learn it a little bit like that which is even for my you know if that's true it will be useful even for pros to learn more but i definitely see it as a learning device and not as anything more like not as a way of oh i'll just write a few uh few functions while i'm on the train and put them in my app when i get home i don't think it's a a good use case but the actual code editor was nice it was still hard like still not very nice coding on an ipad but you could drag in for loops and things and drag the curly brackets around so that you know it was a for a touch experience it was very nice it's just i'd still rather just code on the keyboard yeah yeah fair enough um yeah i i, I just i thought it looked nice but i i won't won't uh be able Ironically, to ever get it on my ipad so you're probably the target audience for it, Chris. Because Me? you want to learn what, Swift. Aaron? No. Or somebody who doesn't know how to do Swift. Yeah. Yeah, both really. I mean, both well, so yeah. you can let Alistair play with it with the, the more gamey type stuff when he's growing up and also yourself when you decide, hang on, I've done loads of JavaScript. It's time to get serious mm-hmm. with Swift. Mm-hmm. You could probably pick it up and just do a bit when you're waiting on your lunch break or something and play with some playgrounds and then learn it kind of piecemeal through little games instead of actually just sitting down to write an app and being like, yeah, it could be a nice, a nice way of jumping languages, even if you're an experienced programmer. So. Yeah, yeah, very true. Um, marvelous. So, uh, just before we close up, then uh, we've we have chatted as we've gone along about things that were missing that we were expecting to see. But is there anything that we haven't mentioned that either of you would have liked to have seen come into an update i've already mentioned mine uh, it's something that went into the iphone 6 apparently so <laughs> I'll shut up. i will shut up from this point uh for me i think it was just the watch faces but i yeah. expect that to come with um new hardware realistically um i also would like to have seen carplay get the ability for developers to write apps for it Um, but I know why they haven't done that, and that was always a long shot. So, again, not terribly surprised. Um, But, you know, lots of cool stuff got released. We didn't even touch on the Siri SDK, but that's 
a big step forward, even if it is limited to a very small number of apps. Um, that was something I wanted to see, and it's been done in the way that I expected it would. So that's always nice. Um, and uh, they finally fixed that massive privacy bug that I found <laughs> uh, in iOS with the music library, ah, which cool. no one had ever noticed or cared about until I mentioned it, and now it's fixed. So I, <laughs> despite the fact uh, I, I don't want to sound egotistical, but it's all thanks to me. Yay. <laughs> and actually, it's funny because when I opened up... Um, I've already found one app that was using it in a bad way <laughs> because when you open up an app on the iPhone uh, on iOS 10 that was using your music library in that way that just reading it without asking you it yeah. now quits the app and prompts you says do you want to let this app use your media library yes or no um, and the app that I used to control my um, security camera was for some reason looking through hmm. my entire media library so that's really? nice. it's nice to prove that I was also right that some developers were using it poorly as <laughs> well. Uh, for me, oh, this is massively geeky and it was incredibly unlikely, but it would have been awesome to see a version of OpenGL in OSX that wasn't five years old or Vulcan come in so that we can write real games for Mac. <laughs> uh, don't they want you to use Metal? Or have I missed the point? They do. Um, it's, it's still a lot necessarily mature enough i haven't looked at the latest updates but in the last one it was it was lacking a few features that opengl has that are pretty useful in game development right but also um you know if you're developing a game yeah mac makes up two percent of the customer base you don't want to spend 50 50 time ideally yes you don't want to have to spend an extra two months to support metal uh, and then keep it maintained forever when Actually, doing OpenGL gives you Linux and Mac. You know, yeah. So okay, it's Fair like, enough. and even a, a, an alternative on Windows in theory. You know, Windows users yeah. could use OpenGL if they've got special hardware or something weird, yeah, uh, or some weird bug that they can get around it. So OpenGL is genuinely useful, even for a game primarily on Windows. But yeah, to invest an extra X thousand pounds in a metal backend is a bit like eh, hard to justify. So. Yes, yeah. Um, I th yeah, I think the only thing that was missing for me is that they didn't make any specific mention of fixing my Bluetooth with iOS 10. As uh, if it fixes it, that'd be amazing. I don't, I don't think I'm going to upgrade. I, I, I genuinely don't think, because I made the mistake of upgrading my iPhone 4 to iOS 7, I think, and it just, it just made it so unusable. Um, I don't they think have... I would do it again. They have been making a real effort in recent years, though, in order to make sure that older hardware does work well. It's like with iOS 9, I remember they made a big thing about the fact that they said it would work on the iPhone 4S, and like a lot of the features, they built them on the 4S first, um, yeah. and then improved them for later devices. Yeah. So my feeling is that it should be fine, um, but realistically, you just need a new phone. So. <laughs> yeah, no, I do. I do need a new phone, new iPad. <laughs> I need an Apple Watch. I need the new Apple TV. Um, <laughs> at least, at least all of my Macs are going to run Macos. So that's good. <laughs> no, uh, no, no Christmas presents for your family this year. No, uh, <laughs> for, for ever again. I think. Just going to buy a new phone and an iPad and a watch. Yep, that's it. That's it. Um, <laughs> right. I think we've we've done quite enough discussion about Apple. That was uh, I particularly enjoyed that. I can't wait for next year's WWDC already. <laughs> 
uh, for uh, iOS 11 and uh, Macos um, um, border crossing. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and all of those other exciting things. So uh, if you enjoyed the show, and if you uh, usually enjoy the show, um, even if you didn't enjoy this one, which I bet you probably did, um, we'd love it if you could leave us a rating on iTunes, uh, as many stars as you can fit in there, and um, if you have a little bit more time, a review would be splendid. You can catch us online at www.thedivide.co.uk and also come and chat to us on Twitter at Podcast Divide. Until next time, bye. Bye.